The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. Welcome, newcomers. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. Welcome to the Yuletide TV podcast, where me and my friends try to find the greatest Christmas television shows of all time. My name is John, and I got some problems with you. Brian, you're just too handsome. The mustache looks too good on you. Chris, you're a very nice, diligent man. Anyways, how are you guys? Uh, how are you guys? I'm doing? so happy I got that on recording to play back to my wife. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna... Is she uh, fighting the mustache? Yeah, uh, no, no, but she voices her displeasure <laughs> often. You know, I don't know what they go through having to deal with kissing a mustache. So you know, I'm not gonna judge them. Because I, I get that flack, too, when I when my beard gets from respectable young man towards Mountain Wanderer. It's only the mustache. The beard is fine, isn't it? Yes, the beard is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't, you can't be, if you have a beard and you're a dad, you're going to look like you, look like you believe in conspiracy theories from Facebook. And if you have a mustache and a dad, you look like you're cool. Uh, yeah, but all it takes is, like, one wrong shirt to make people think I'm a thin blue line person. <laughs> well, no, it's mostly if you take the mustache and then wear sunglasses and a baseball cap, and then you're every yeah. Twitter profile that says all lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> you become you become Brian eight oh six seven four five. Oh, fun. <laughs> God, that just takes me back to a TikTok I saw where a girl was pretending, it was probably a woman, it was pretending uh, she was doing the voiceovers uh, for Twitter profiles that were bots. Hi, my name is America, and my husband's a gun. <laughs> there's a, there's a screen, I have a Twitter, or a picture I saw off of Twitter that just says, Oh, hi, my name is First Name Bunch of Letters, and here I am with my shitty opinion. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> here we are. But how are you guys doing on our unfortunately named Christmas podcast that comes out during legal Thanksgiving? <laughs> Great. So good. Just gearing up, hosting hosting the, the future in-laws at the house tomorrow, so just getting everything, get that cooking started early, and... Just excited to host. By the way, audience, I hope you're having a lovely Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, hopefully you don't have to go to a bar at all and see anyone you know. Be nice to your pizza delivery man. Just like don't deal with the people you used to know. They all suck, I'm sure. But uh, anyways, uh, we are going to be... We, we watched, for your listening pleasure, the episode of Seinfeld with Festivus, which is called The Strike. Which is, what is it, season three, episode ten? Uh, nine. It's the last Something season. Better? Nine. Oh, uh, yeah, it is oh, the last is. season. And That's why we all remember it so season well. nine, and I was super worried before I clicked on it that I was about to watch the wrong episode and then bash this episode for not having any Christmas in it. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about its lack of Christmas and how it does it better than Friends. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> 
Yeah. Because it just it is a more effective episode, I think. But uh, anyways. Oh, wait. Hold on, John. Can you say we're doing this episode because of because of this week's theme, which is pandering. We're pandering. Watching shows you like that you oh, might man. watch Christmas night. Is that the song y'all were talking about a few days ago? Yes. Fuck, I know <laughs> that sent song. sent you the link. <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how you don't immediately know about the I, range. Whatever. <laughs> the Night Ranger. Anyway, we plan on donating all of our GoFundMe and Patreon money to... From this episode. From this episode to the Human Fund. Yeah. In your name. Man, there's a felony in this episode. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like everyone's really okay with the felony. I'm glad they all ended What up is the deal with these felonies? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an episode of Seinfeld in the last season. No one has ever had issues with those before. But uh, you guys are getting the long, spicy one that I wrote several minutes before the show. We open with the gang at a Hanukkah party with a sleazy Brian Cranston and a man in a denim vest hitting on Elaine. Elaine gives her fake number to denim vest, and Jerry meets his two-faced girlfriend, who is conventionally attractive in any light. At the coffee shop, George gets a donation gift from a coworker, and we learn about Festivus for the rest of us. Back at the apartment, we learn about the loss of the atomic submarine card to denim vest and Kramer's 12-year bagel shop strike. Elaine explains the fake number to the fake number holders in an attempt to get the card back, and they basically commit sexual assault, leading her to give them Kramer's work number. Kramer brings the gang old bagels, and we learn of, and learns of Frank's prolific invention of Festivus. George gifts all of his his coworkers cards for his fraudulent charity. Kramer strikes from work to go celebrate Festivus. The group meets Jerry's new girlfriend in her damp setting. Kramer damages the pipe, leading to the dampening of Elaine. George inadvertently commits charity fraud, leading him to be forced to commit to celebrate Festivus, as he needs an excuse for his boss. Elaine has a two-faced moment trying to get the card back from Denim Vest, who is on some real bullshit. Kramer meets Jerry's girl, who is all dried out again, and explains the situation to her in a way that makes her think Jerry is cheating. The Festivus has everyone from the episode, including the yucky ones. Franks airs his grievance exclusively on Kruger. Kramer caves on a strike, meaning George has to do the, stack, the feats of strength against Frank. That was a bad summary. I'm, a, <laughs> hey, I'm you sorry know about that, you know guys. First, first one. First one back. Mm-hmm. Just shaking it off. I should really put as little effort as I did into Santa Slay into everything, because <laughs> I just did better there. Should have wrote that into car, my car ride back. <laughs> <laughs> Siri, note. <laughs> so that's, that's how you get the good ones. But uh, I think the reason the summary is long and shitty is because the episode clips along really fast because it has the little, like, Seinfeld structure to it. Even though I think the episode kind of breaks the Seinfeld rule of no hugs, no lessons, because they kind of, like, actually get punished in this episode. Was that written? No no hugs, no lessons? Was that, like, a thing? It's No, it's like the Larry David quote about how, like, the show works. It's like, we're doing a sitcom, but no one can <laughs> learn anything or be nice to each other. I don't know why he's Bernie Sanders. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think we know why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I think if you look at it at the very end, I mean, 
there aren't really any consequences at the end of it. I mean, I mean, nobody changes their ways. Really. Right. No, that's true. But they get like they get their ass like George gets his ass beat. Yeah. Which is, which is <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, that's true. George gets his ass beat. <laughs> Elaine doesn't get her sandwich, right? Yeah, she does not. Yeah. And uh, Jerry kind of gets dumped, but was he really dating her anyway? Jerry dates a different girl every episode. That's like the show. Is that the thing? Yeah. How much Seinfeld have you all watched? A lot as a child. Yeah, most of it in syndication. Yeah. Yeah. And the like some of the final season when it was, that's like part. That's like the first big TV series finale I remember is like watching the Seinfeld series finale like I remember that being a big deal I thought it was gonna be I remember as a child like obviously I don't I didn't have the perspective to think if the episode was good or bad right yeah same like 10 if that yeah I just remember being like this is it this was like the most important I've been told my whole life this is the most important show in the world and they're just like (laughs) just taking a break is that what's going on (laughs) just I was so confused as a baby about the end of Seinfeld I don't have a lot of experience with Seinfeld, but like I get watching this episode why it was so highly revered. And I also kind of see where the downfalls are, because I think it's got some shortcomings here. But boy golly, do I love Jerry Stiller. Holy shit. Every scene. Yeah, Jerry Stiller is the, he's the straw that stirs every day. <laughs> yeah, he he's great. Just great. Operating on a whole nother level. In, uh... Exactly. And most of it's just because he's shouting. And you know what? That's fine. <laughs> I've done so much research before you disappeared for this episode, Chris. And <laughs> have since partied, so Lord knows what's in my brain anymore. But uh like Jerry Seinfeld's like thing about jokes is that he thinks like dynamics and sound like matter a lot. Oh, absolutely. So I'm sure like everything is like really like he thinks it matters more than the content. Like he's he's a guy who thinks you can say funny words like three times and people are like, Good. Best joke. <laughs> That's like why they like the, you'll if you like watch a lot of Seinfeld you'll notice they'll in certain scenes they'll just say one word like fifty times. Well, I mean I noticed that. Did you notice that in this episode where they say Yamahama like two or three yeah. times? And I'm like, is this just like their attempt to do another yada yada yada? Because <laughs> like Yamahama was, I looked it up. I'm like, okay, is this is this anything outside of this episode? And the answer is no. Oh what? Mm-hmm. Yamaha. They they know they know what works and doesn't. Huh. I don't know the though when I noticed it like in the way that in my little research about it that they talk about it it's like the episode where, or the part where Kramer brings the bagels and they say bagel like twelve different ways. Oh, I did not pick didn't up. Didn't notice that. that. Yeah, missed that completely. Also, I don't think day old bagels would be that bad. Like not to get nitpicky here, but I think a day old bagel from a homemade not homemade but a fresh made shop it's probably still pretty good it's probably like new york snobbery yeah the thing is this this show uh guys could only happen in new york what is that because new york's its own character new york is a character in seinfeld and that's uh why we as midwesterners and i guess mountain westerners could not possibly grasp the complexity of a day-old bagel in new york i mean yeah i would say like even more so than jerry's apartment or the coffee shop like just the setting of new york is Mm -hmm. so important to the show you've got the streets you've got the cabins (laughs) you've got um other stuff 
<laughs> New York, am I right? New York. Hey. New York. New York. New York. I'm walking here. <laughs> Did you ever see that video where the kid's shooting a video of himself and he's in New York? He's like, hey, I'm in New York. Uh, and he bumps into a lady and he goes, I'm walking here. And she whips around and she goes, we don't talk like that. We don't act like that. We don't sound like that. All right. I'm going to knock it off. And she gets really like scary for a second. And the guy, he's walking away. He's like, geez, I'm sorry. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ended before his murder. Yeah, like by that, by that, by that woman's family <laughs> who had him sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you guys think this is a Christmas episode? Uh, no, I think this is a Festivus episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's a Festivus episode. I mean, it functions as a Christmas episode. I mean, John, before we started recording, I was like. This this is a good episode that you're doing. This is a John episode because it's for people who don't like Christmas. Like this is a like mm. this is something you would can put on around the holidays and be like, "Yeah, see, it's it fits." Even <laughs> though it is not. I mean, I think, you know, you have Jerry Seinfeld who is Jewish, Larry David who I believe is also Jewish. Uh, like it's this episode starts with the Hanukkah party. Like Christmas is very much not on the periphery because you have that speech from Frank where he talks about like why he celebrates Festivus instead. But it's it's very much there is a disdain and a ambivalence towards Christmas. I think in this episode. I mean, as there should be. <laughs> <laughs> Frank is not wrong. He, he he is violent, but not wrong. I'd say he's aggressive, not violent. He said as he was battering the man. Oh, right. He yeah, as he Didn't was he raining with... down yeah. blows. <laughs> John, going back to what you were saying earlier, I think that's what makes Jerry Seinfeld, uh, not Jerry Seinfeld, Jesus, Jerry Stiller, so effective is that he does... To what you were saying earlier about cadence and using, you know, sounds and everything, he knows that about himself and just does it so effortlessly. Oh yeah, I think he fully understands exactly how he looks, and he just he gets yep. it. He has so much better than any old actor who's like persisted uses uses the oldness. I think than like a lot of the ways we reward people to. If you look me in the eye and you tell me you don't like Jerry Stiller more than you like Curly Joe from City Slickers. Lying. That's the only old guy I could think of who was doing it as I was talking. I guess Leslie Nielsen. Ooh, now for putting uh for putting Jerry Stiller against Leslie Nielsen. That's almost apples and oranges. We'll get we'll get back on topic eventually. <laughs> but uh you guys uh, ever watch a Leslie Nielsen like talk show appearance? No. No. It one hundred percent of the time, and I'm not even being like hyperbolic, like after he's like doing like after airplane. He always has like a fart machine with him and will do a weird fart joke every like interview. It's I uh, I don't know if it's endearing or like cringy cringy chuggy. So but it's a my buddy was watching the Val Kilmer documentary, right? And he's a big Val Kilmer fan, loves the movie Tombstone, and he heard that 
Val Kilmer, when he was doing a scene as Doc Holliday in the end in the hospital, his secret to being so convincing was to lay on a bed of ice. And that's why he's like, that's why he looks like shit. And my buddy was saying that he wished he hadn't heard that because it kind of ruined some of the magic of acting, which is how I now feel about John's Leslie Nielsen anecdote <laughs> with the fart machine. <laughs> Right, like the the this like retrospective I was watching at about him, like tried to like make it seem like it was like funny and cool. I'm like, it's not. It's not a good bit. <laughs> this man kept doing this like well into like 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 right before his death in the 2000s. It's not a good bit. <laughs> Shit. It's probably probably tight to do to Johnny Carson, and then after that, probably let it go, bud. Yeah, once. Yeah. Once that that belongs. That's a relic of a certain era. <laughs> much yeah. much like another plot point in this episode which is the idea yeah. of the fake number which i wanted to ask if you guys have yeah. ever used or have been given a fake number before i never got one like personally but when we were being like shithead high schoolers at a wrestling tournament one of my teammates got a fake number from a girl that i'm sure he was not being oh. nice to <laughs> oh for like a reject for like the rejection yeah hotline. i remember the rejection oh, hotline yeah. Rejection hotline yeah. was fun as hell. Absolutely. That's that's the only number you give out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does anybody remember what the number is? Uh, zero <laughs> idea. That is that is long since forgotten in my mind. I'm going to be real with you, Brian. I wasn't that good looking when I was young. Rejection hotline. 605-475-6968. Mm, you know it's not real because if it was real, it'd be 6968. <laughs> yeah, <it would. laughs> <laughs> no, it's a nice number. Always nice. You know what else I think has not aged well <laughs> is the concept of the two. Oh yeah, that, that. Oh that, my god, the dumbest fucking plot turned me off on this episode a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's really it's really weak, and I know they always like struggle to give Jerry stuff. It to felt do. like a half fleshed out How I Met Your Mother episode. It's like something you read about in the Bro Code. If you girls are two-faced, always have LED light suits on you. Yeah, just, I feel like you're learning something about some of the writing of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> oh my god. What influenced it. We just had a breakthrough, yeah. boys. This is like therapy. <laughs> I guess on second watch, she did occasionally look bad, but she never even, like, looked bad bad. She looked like she had like, poor shadows, but at the same time you think, yeah. oh, well that's shadows. No one looks hot in a subway tunnel. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything against the actress herself in the looks it's just like the fact that this was one of four plots in this episode and it ate up a lot of airtime and i just could not be less interested of like really and, and I, like that's kind of the point of seinfeld like don't get me wrong like i understand that seinfeld is not a show where you are supposed to like the characters like you know we watched friends two days ago friends you are supposed to want to be those characters i don't think like you're not supposed to want to be any of the characters in seinfeld so it's kind of like a proto it's always sunny in philadelphia i would say always sunny in philadelphia borrows quite a bit from seinfeld it just has a more adult setting yeah probably it even uses the like same kind of like structuring where it's like here's an inciting like a minor inciting thing like a like they went to a hanukkah party and elaine gave someone a fake number now we have festivus yeah, it's that, that like, <laughs> so, like, snowball. Like, this, like, yeah. ripple. Yeah. 
somehow Elaine giving someone a fake number led to George getting beaten up by his by Jerry or by his dad. Yeah, it's it's tough though too because it's like you know there were funny parts in this episode. I liked you know the, you have this plot where like they have to keep the woman in the diner because that has the best lighting for for Jerry and like kind of roll your eyes at that. And then later where she's like getting upset that he keeps taking her there, which part of this episode, I'm just like, the time frame of this makes no sense. Because like, how quickly are these people getting serious and how many days after whatever? And but Elaine is taking days to hear from this other guy who's calling her. It was very confusing to me. But yeah, it's worse than Dunkirk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they always compared Larry Larry David to Kermit Did they? Did. They? they did. <laughs> yeah, they're like, these are the two masters of time <laughs> in film. <laughs> but then it's like the pickup line he uses on her oh, about Jesus. running really fast yeah. is pretty funny. And is it? I think oh, it's. I think that's. I think a it's very, very funny. funny. It's it's vi- <laughs> it's because uh, it's not. I mean, it's stupid, which is. <laughs> Like, and he knows it's stupid, but that at least gets the conversation started. And it's not, I don't know, it's not offensive to her. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not even a pickup line, really. Cause yeah, it's know. a statement. Yeah. What's the worst pickup line you ever used? I've never used a pickup line in my life. I just smoldered. I will share one story of using a pickup line, which is I was at a bar in Madison in my early to mid twenties. And mm-hmm. I had see, saw this pickup line online and I thought it was very funny. And I was at a bar with some friends and I was like, there are these two girls there. And I was like, okay, I don't go to this bar with any regularity I'm just going to go try this line because I think it's funny. And I just am genuinely curious to see what kind of reaction it gets. And the line is you go up and you say to the woman or multiple women that you're approaching (laughs) and you say, I'm wondering if you could help me out. My friends and I are having a debate. Could you tell me what this shirt is made out of? And then they'll look at your shirt and they'll say whatever it is. And they, they're like, I think it says cotton. And I'm like, oh, dang. I was really telling them it was boyfriend material. <laughs> oh, man. I, and then I walked away because I was very embarrassed about using the line. Yeah, you should have Right. I swear to God, an hour later, these girls got up, left. They came over to me and they said, next time when you use a line like that, you got to stick around. You can't just walk away. Oh, <laughs> uh, Oh, and that's when you went and did, like, never used that line again, but I I should, I've never used a pickup line. I've just always been, like, timidly said hi (laughs) (laughs) or hope they would approach me. (laughs) I once, I I had a friend whose name is Teddy, and I tried pulling a, have you met Ted? And the girl just looked at me and goes, what? Okay, goodbye. (laughs) And I got out of there. I feel like that is probably, God, just knowing you guys, I feel like that is probably so much of your bar dating's experience is like, I made a reference to a show I expected everyone to know everything How I Met Your Mother was a big deal. (laughs) Everybody watched How I Met Your Mother. 
feels like. I did not watch How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother was not as big as The Office, and certainly mm. not as big as America's favorite show, Seinfeld. Or that we can all agree <laughs> on, yeah. yeah. How you like that segue. <laughs> Jeez, John really is, you know, the host if he's bringing us all on. back on track. Oh, God. Yeah, man. So I feel like this episode entertained me more despite having like no Christmasness in it. So I guess since all of our shows that are in the pandering group are kind of in the same uh, genus of episode animals, what do you think like Seinfeld did more successfully than Friends that made it more compelling to keep watching? It was full of itself in a more indifferent way. <laughs> I love that answer. I think it was successful in that all the plots drove towards the same endpoint, which was Festivus. Mm-hmm. So even though all the plots were separate and like only George's was really like Christmas related, everyone ended up in the same place, which I think is a- another kind of hallmark of Seinfeld. It was better plotted, I think. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. I think the ensemble is delightful because uh, Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, not not good at acting. And uh, just just to the point where he can't. So, like, the rest of the ensemble has to, like, do all the lifting. And Jason Alexander is just, just a fucking delight. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, like, just anytime George is on screen and they use him kind of as, like, a little reset in this episode... Because they really did struggle to work their attempt at a new phrase for the lexicon, a two-face. Yeah. Because that's like a very Seinfeld thing. It's just you, they invent a word, and then we all are like, well, yeah, that's a close talker. Right. So uh, as I struggle to prolong the episode here, because we are having one of those fun things where we watched a, a good episode of television that we all enjoyed. Chris, you had mentioned you had things, you had some grievances you wanted to air about this episode. Let me just say that this is... It's a show about nothing, right? And I think that is maybe where we are running into the struggle of there isn't much to say because everything is so inconsequential at the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. there's no growth. There's nothing, like, too outrageous that happens. I mean, you mentioned in your summary, we always like to talk about stuff that hasn't aged well. So, like, the two, the two-faced thing, the creepy guys blackmailing Elaine at the betting the off-track betting place, the comment Frank makes about getting his son a doll that's a girl, like, that was played for laughs. It's, like, a very lazy joke. Is it more entertaining than the Friends episode? And, like, more, like, does it fit better with a Christmas time setting than the Friends episode did? I think so. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's, like, for all of the impact that is around Festivus as, like, a cultural touchstone. Like, there's just not much to this episode. And, like, the Festivus, like, it it plays into the plot a lot, but, like, you don't really see Fest... Like, you hear about it. It's it's a lot of repetition. Like, it's like, there's Festivus, Jerry says what it is twice, Frank explains to Kramer what it is once, and then we finally see it, and it's exactly what they say it is. And so... It's like, okay, like, it feels feels a little <laughs> padded, I guess. 
The culture surrounding Festivus, after seeing the episode now, doesn't feel earned by any means. Yeah, right. You think you think Festivus happens in the third season of Seinfeld, and then they talk about it every Christmas episode. Yeah. No, it's in the last goddamn season. I mean, the culture of Festivus is earned because the concept's hilarious. Sure. But, yeah. like, I mean, you can tell it's also not what they thought was going to be the important thing. Yeah, the here's episode. the thing, though. I'm putting Festivus up there with ah shit what's the drinking game from new girl i was i was thinking the same thing yeah i I was right there with you it's 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 like true american thank you and i think part of it is because there are very specific parts to it that give you an idea of what it is and yet there's Mm -hmm. still a lot of mystery around how exactly it all works Right, but then there's a, there, that happens in the first season, I think, and it's still they build it from there. They keep playing True American, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where you feel like, oh yeah, people who talk about New Girl and talk about True American and either playing it or wanting to play it, it feels earned in that sense, you know, because it's become such a staple in the show, and it never felt at any point in time that True American, the first go round for it. Uh, was intended it was certainly like an ass clearly the first episode is just like one aspect of the show to kind of get the ball rolling for some other plot points in the episode it's in and then people loved it and they kept going with it yeah and i think with this to, to your point about this feeling unearned like this episode the fact that all that's remembered of this episode is festivus that says a lot because there isn't anything else memorable about it but that's i guess that's sometimes how like memorable episodes of sitcoms work like if you go back to friends like one of the most popular episodes of friends is the one where they like do this quiz show game and bet their apartments what's phoebe doing in that episode does anyone know what phoebe oh we watched that episode recently what is phoebe doing phoebe's getting impregnated it's like a huge like part of that season where she like gets impregnated like she's a um a surrogate sur- surrogate for her yeah. brother brother and it's like you totally forget that part of the episode happens because this part's so good but it's like is festivus really that good of a part to just i i see the potential in it i see if they had done it season three not a, again the final season is when they decided to bust out festivus and if they had snowballed it, if they had added a little bit more the next season, a little bit more the season after that, I can see it having that impact. I think you guys discounting Kramer's subplot is frankly anti-union and a product of late <laughs> capitalism. I think <laughs> I think the <laughs> only problem with what you're saying, though, Brian, is like that is not it's not what Seinfeld ever was, you know? Sure. Like, yeah, there's no because you can say the same like. Your points about New Girl are spot on. If you go, again, to use Friends as an example, their Thanksgiving. Like, they Thanksgiving is something they did every year, pretty much. It was always a little different, but, like, you always knew, like, okay, all the friends are going to get together for Thanksgiving. What are they going to... What crazy hijinks are going to happen this year? And I think, like, if they had done that, like, they just never did. Like, there was... They had recurring characters in Seinfeld, but... Newman newman or putty or you know like the george's boss who i'm like oh i remember this guy but he's only apparently in four episodes according to his wikipedia page and it's like wow he's 
fucking hilarious though. Oh, he's great. <laughs> also, like, never made the connection that he's the um, the bad guy in Super Troopers, the bad police chief. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Brian, yeah, Brian Cox. I'm like, oh yeah, of course uh, they're the same guy. Like, but never put two and two together there. But Brian, just because you haven't watched a lot of Seinfeld and you're like saying that it's not like sequential enough the people like people hate the last episode of seinfeld because it's like consequential and has like sequence to it and like don't, characters don't come back don't they all go down in a plane crash that's not well that's not how it ends but that happens it's it's the yeah i don't know i think it, it, like it calls back to other episodes and it made everyone mad right yeah it, it relies it's pretty much just a cavalcade of of characters doing their shtick so it's a final night for a late night talk show host Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Actually. Not, not a bad <laughs> way much. to describe that. Yeah. Ma- there's no masturbating bear, but yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're all on the same page there. Yeah. Well, the only other thing I was going to say about Festivus is I was really excited to talk about this episode and like do some research on it, because I was like, oh man, I know there's a Wisconsin connection here. Like mm. In terms of like Festivus was a real thing that a guy who wrote this episode his dad made them celebrate like that's where the story comes from and i really really thought that guy was from wisconsin and it turns out he was not but the milwaukee well the wisconsin connection is that there's a company in milwaukee that makes festivist Mm. poles that you can purchase it's called wagner a metal company (laughs) wagner (laughs) Uh, that's a just a wisconsin ass name for a company too yeah but uh my connection to festivus is i believe it was the green bay courthouse had a nativity scene and there's that group in madison who i like will do these like lawsuits to kind of just get themselves on the news so they can promote like their actual good things they do it basically they're like hey that's not fair you have to like let everyone be included so then like they the city's response to it was like fine everyone can put whatever they want here and like the traditional stuff went in there and then someone just whipped a festivus pole into it and it was like way bigger than all the other stuff and it was very funny apparently uh <laughs> former governor jim doyle uh did something i didn't read into the story full enough because it wasn't what i was looking for at the time but apparently he also did that at the state capitol one time mm. good job jim jim doyle underrated governor i'll say it i'll go on record <laughs> square up on me people mad at pre-2006 wisconsin politics yeah yeah how'd you like those cloning sheep references too i'm like yeah <laughs> that's yeah my my bit there is just about as dated as the every joke in seinfeld kind of <laughs> <laughs> i do enjoy that apparently to everyone an ugly woman is just a slightly damp woman because <laughs> that's the only way they can they can describe it but uh, here's my my general thought is is Kramer the villain of this episode because he makes everything bad happen to the group or is Kramer really the voice of retribution? Kramer is justice. I think Kramer is the embodiment of the episode, which is shit has to happen because <laughs> even though the show's about nothing, we have to make it about something. Do you know where the it, this is a show about nothing comes from, right? Because no, it was I like don't. the it was the plot of one of the episodes was like Jerry and George were pitching a sitcom and they were like this is about nothing and then everyone just started using it to describe Seinfeld and Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David hate that because <laughs> 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 they're like no it's a show about fucking bad people 
You guys just decided to like the bad people. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't control that, but you guys love the fucking shitty people. I just enjoy that Kramer basically. It's usually, I guess it's always Kramer or George who drives the episode. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, like, Jerry's yeah. not really doing much. And that's honestly earlier in the episode is where I enjoyed him more in the apartment. Just kind of, like, characters were talking at him, and he was just mm. kind of making asides. And I'm like, oh, this is... This is the right amount of Jerry Seinfeld. This is this is all I need. This is a good dose. Yeah, there was a... I'm glad you had brought... We had been talking about it being so late in the run of the show, because I assumed it was early in the show. So did I. Because Jerry Seinfeld is so fucking bad in it. <laughs> like, he's just like... <laughs> he's not good at acting. So, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's, you like, why they always had this, like... You. Yeah, it's like, oh, maybe he got better. But maybe he's just completely checked out at this point. No, I don't this know. is his... Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe we should tune back in around like season six or seven. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's like at his peak, really investing in it. But it's like, right. yeah, they basically are like, you three carry the show. <laughs> <laughs> like this guy is just gonna, we'll give him a girlfriend. All right. Well, do you think this episode is Hanukkah mistletoe? Which is also, by the way, a very funny bit. Good job, Brian Cranston. Uh, <laughs> Hanukkah. Do you think this episode is? I don't know. A raining of blows, a Hanukkah mistletoe, or a Festivus for the rest of us. Or you can use the traditional scale for comfort. Oh, man. I'm going to go with, uh, shit, what's the middle one? Hanukkah mistletoe. Uh, I don't know that that feels appropriate for the middle of the road. I mean, it's okay. It's not great to do. Doesn't make any sense, but it's fine. (laughs) No one's going to be that mad at you. They'll just be confused. I think you could use our first two ratings as normal, but if you want to replace the Christmas classic with a Festivus for the rest of us. Yeah, I really struggle on the bottom is, there. I think this is a Subway sandwich card where, you know, you, you're going to finish it, and uh, <laughs> oh, you wow. sure did eat 19 sandwiches. <laughs> is there a hat involved? Uh, th- there is. Oh, Ooh. That was my favorite subplot, the fact that Blaine <laughs> is just trying to eat all these sandwiches for a hat. <laughs> yeah, I, I would do it. I just did, I just wish they would have done Elaine's. Elaine's plot is very funny, and I just wish it would have been done not with so much... Like, every guy was horrifying. Yeah. I guess maybe that's illustrating the need for a fake number. Yeah, I mean, I suppose. Yeah. Oh. But Christopher? Uh, I'm going to call it a pair of socks, and I, I don't have a whole lot else to say. I mean, I again, I, for, I, I guess I was just surprised watching it through the lens of this podcast where I'm just like, why Why do we, is, is it just because it's a funny name? Is it, like, I guess I was just very lost. It's like. It rhymes with the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, it's catchy. I'm not going to deny oh, it's God, catchy. It it's really good. So I mean, it's it's fine. It's a it's good for your less enthused Christmasers out there. It's nothing for me to get too excited about. So I'll I'll just say a, a, it's it's a very middle of the road pair of socks. So I have a terrible shitty ADHD brain, and it's really hard for me to just like casually watch a show. I'm either going to like 100% ignore it or be like hyper focused on it. And uh, for whatever reason, I can do that with Seinfeld. So I, I, I liked watching this episode. I had a good time. I was able to make dinner and watch it. <laughs> so like, I think it's just good and it's easy to, to a point, easy to follow. 
it's fun to see where the origins of some of your favorite shows came from. And because we are like old enough to have been alive during Seinfeld, but not old enough to have cared. So I think it is fun to, yeah, it is fun to know that Festivus has an unearned reputation, but I will, uh, I'll always, I'll always socks it for episodes with grossness in it that people might be sensitive to just because even if it's old, but, uh, I don't know. Jerry Stiller's in it. Those are always the good episodes of Seinfeld. It adds up. The contest has them. This has them. Well, I guess I will gleefully hand off the the mantle, the title, the world's heavyweight Christmas belt of the for only the baddest of the boys to wear to Christopher to pander to you more. <laughs> well, thanks, John. And yes, we're going to be closing out pandering week with another bigger substantial show this is going to be from season two of the office that's right it's christmas party the yankee swap episode which is available to stream on peacock and that episode will be coming to you friday black friday we're taking thanksgiving off we hope you are too we hope you have a nice time with your families we're thankful for everyone listening and i'm thankful for uh you know my co-hosts doing this show with me especially amidst all the other fun things we have going on in our lives do you guys want to record an episode in a walmart parking lot on black friday i was gonna say everyone maybe just take black friday off too you know yeah unless you're gonna go to like a unless you're gonna go to a local store like a mom and pop and wear a fucking mask just maybe take black friday off yeah also just like what are you doing one, don't go into the store just because you screwed up. You didn't realize that there were all these shipping problems and you didn't start your Christmas shopping in September like you were supposed to to make sure that your shit arrived on time. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's looking for a new TV or a PS5. Or a... Don't make someone else's life worse because of your mistakes. That's what we're saying. Just be just be better. Yeah. <laughs> skate better. I'm going to fucking blow your guys' mind. Like, you can go on the internet and then really inconvenience no one. Cyber Monday. Well, technically, you're still inconveniencing the mom and pop stores if yeah. you're using Amazon or any other kind of... Look, the, the bottom line Jeffrey is you can't Bezos. win, so why try? You know? Je- so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what lesson did we learn here? Never try. Never try. Yeah. Be the Seinfeld of your life. There is, there is no point. There is no consequence. If you do feel like trying, maybe try and leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever you like to consume this podcast. Uh, subscribe to it. Ratings, whatever. You know, if you're thankful for us as we're thankful for you, let us know. You can also do that by sending us an email, yuletidetv at gmail.com, reaching out on Instagram and Twitter at yuletidetv. It's good places to find us. Listen, guys, everyone's making fun of how little our reviews are, you know? they The word's gotten out. They were in the pool. Yeah, our reviews have been in the pool. And we just, we need, we need more reviews. Yep. Don't, don't give us your fake number. Put down a real review. I, I asked recently someone, do non-podcasters know about reviews? And they said reviews. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Yelp of the podcasting world. Until next time, which is going to be two days from now, enjoy your Thanksgiving. I've been Chris. I've been Brian. I've been John. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're still alive. 
and you know if you need to air any grievances keep them to yourself this episode i don't know why you're trying to end this episode it's not ending until one of you beats me in a test of strength oh god uh, <laughs> brian you already have your shirt off so i mean <laughs> <laughs>